0: Welcome to The Stack. I'm Alex. I'm Justin.
1: I'm Pete.
0: And on The Stack, we talk about a bunch of books that have come out this week, or do we?
2: What? Way to create some intrigue. (laughs) Because the first book
0: that we're going to talk about is a book that doesn't come out until next week, but we're going to do a spoiler-free review of it. It is
2: preview review.
0: Preview review. It is Berserker. Berserker, mm-hmm. number one for Boob Studios, written by none other than Keanu Reeves and Matt Kent. Yes. Illustrated by Ron Garney.
2: Oh, no wonder. I've been following Keanu Reeves' comic book work for a long time, and it was mm-hmm. great to see just a brand new book with his name on it.
1: Yeah. It was that great. was driving me fucking crazy. I did not notice that he wrote this. Wait, really? It's hilarious. You were yeah, like, "Oh, I was it like, looks like." Keanu why does the book. guy look so much like fucking Keanu Reeves? Oh, that's hilarious. Well, I mean, I gotta say, I mean,
0: who knows how much he was like sitting down at his typewriter, being like, "Scene one, Berserker, open on me," uh, but a lot of times I feel like there are these insert-style comics that just don't work. They're star vehicles. They're trying to set up a movie, and they just... They're not comics. They're pitch sheets. And that's pretty much it. That's not what this is at all. Like, not only do you have Ron Gardy's phenomenal so, art throughout.
2: I, yeah. But, I love Ron Guardian and I yeah, feel like he hasn't been doing enough stuff lately, so it's great to see his work here. So
0: that's great. Uh, but also you got Matt Kent who knows his way around an intrigue storyline, a sci-fi storyline. Again, like yep. we're not going to, we're going to skirt spoilers, but not get into any here. But even though the main character is clearly Keanu Reeves, This is a really interesting sci-fi story. It's a great action story. A lot of times they just step back and let Ron Gardy do his thing. I was very surprised and very impressed by this book.
2: Yeah, it's one of those books that um, when you're reading the first bit of it, it's like, I see what this is. And then by the end, you're like, I was completely wrong. It's totally (laughs) different. And I am excited by where it landed. Pete?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've been uh, reminded numerous times not to give away anything, but man, that <laughs> ending, am I right? Oh, shit! No, but uh, um, yeah, I, the art in action is phenomenal. This is definitely in my wheelhouse. Less dialogue, yes. more action. Come on. It's really good stuff. I
0: mean, if you were, this is already a huge selling comic book. I think they sold 600,000 copies, making it the best-selling original property comic book in like five years or decade or something like that. I'm forgetting what the exact stat is.
1: Wait, it hasn't come out yet. What are you even talking about?
0: The, well, the way comic books work, Pete, is that people pre-order them through their comic book shops, in order to guarantee that they're going to be there. So that's what they've been doing. So they sold that many copies to comic book shops. So obviously, big deal. People are really excited. Uh, the thing that I think is a, not a happy accident, but happy surprise about it, is that they're going to get what they paid for. They're going to get a good, very cool comic book. So I'm excited for everybody to check it out when it hits next week.
2: The- Exactly, next week. If you love The Lake House, you're going to love Berserker. <laughs> I'm sending that directly
1: great to Boom Studios. I don't, I don't That's their I don't know if I, I, don't, I don't know if I see that, but okay. Yeah. It's
2: not a spoiler when I say the mail is in the mailbox. Hold on, it hold on. Let me try this.
0: Oh if God. you love Always Be My Maybe, check out Berserker number 1 for Boob Studios.
2: Wow, wow. We've got the comic book club bump is coming from Berserker
0: right now. <laughs> Did, has he done any other movies? Keanu Reeves. Keanu
2: Reeves. I can't think of any. Um, a ton. There a was. Ton uh, well, there was Bill and Ted's Excellent Lake House. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> Bill and there's... Ted's
0: Excellent Always Be My Baby.
2: <laughs> yep. <there's that. laughs> and I, I think that's the whole. The yeah, whole I think thing. that's it. Anyway, this book is great. Uh,
0: definitely pick it up if you haven't, uh, or pre-order it if you haven't already. Next up, here's a book that's actually out this week: Stray Dogs, number one from Image Comics, written by Tony Fleeks. Oh, uh, man. art by Trish Forstner. So, this is about, as you can tell from the title, it's not like Stray Dog. I honestly thought because it was an image book and it was called Stray Dogs. And it's like, what's up? We're a bunch of criminals called <laughs> the Stray Dogs. No, it's literally Stray Dogs. There's still a crime mm. element, there's still a mystery element. Uh, but I, I was surprised about this. I'm curious to hear what Pete thought in particular.
1: Yes. Uh, all right. So, because he's first, a cat uh, guy. He's a cat guy. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Um, but, um, I saw that cover and I was like, "Oh, this is gonna fucking break my heart," and it did. It's uh, it's got some feels in this in this thing, and uh, I-, I was really impressed with the story. I thought maybe it's just gonna be cute dogs, you know, which would have been fine. Uh, but yeah, I'm i I thought it really ended well. Sets up this whole arc. I'm impressed with this, and I can't wait for more. I'm I'm really on board here.
2: Uh, this, this book also surprised me and I did the, the last third of it is so good. Um, they assemble like an Avengers Endgame level, uh, group of <laughs> mid period Disney dogs here. This is like your Fox and the Hounds, your 101 Dalmatians, <laughs> your Lady and the Tramps. They're yeah. all here. Uh, and are I, and I don't, I don't think we want to spoil it maybe, but like the sort of. I think there's going to be some bad dogs in here. There's going to be some good girls and some bad dogs. Oh, my God. Love it.
0: Uh yeah, good stuff. Again, a nice surprise. Let's move on with our next book, and I'm gonna tell you what it is, and then I'm gonna give you a little peek behind the curtain here. Okay, Whoa. so our next book before the shouting begins is the Amazing Spider-Man number 16. Oh, Hold on, written by Nick Spencer, pencils by Mark Bagley. Now we've been talking a lot about Amazing Spider-Man, the Last Remains storyline, this whole thing about Kindred, this villain that turns out to be Harry Osborn, who's been manipulating Spider-Man in the background. But- Hold on, let me just finish what I'm saying, and then I'm going to allow you to shout, Pete. Uh, But I I think we kind of agreed that it's sort of started to fizzle at a certain point. They're dragging out the Kindred reveal for too long. I've still been reading it. I've been reading each issue because I like Spider-Man and I enjoy reading it. But I I haven't felt like we don't need to talk about the same story, Pines, and again and again. So before I set down the stack for this week with the choices of issues particularly Marvel, I was like, well, let me just read and see what happens in Spider-Man because the cover of this is Mary Jane and Peter surrounded by the said to Pete's from Kindred. And I read this book and I was
1: like, oh, we got to talk about this. Yes. We have to talk about this because I want to hear Pete shout. Go ahead, Pete. Okay, so first off, to kind of peek behind the curtain a little bit, Zalbin has been pushing the envelope for how many fucking comics we talk about, and he sends out this ridiculous list which then we the have to read all these comics. Nobody hey, is I love reading comics, that. but you know, I got a full-time job. We got other stuff going on, and he keeps pushing the number. He said, oh, we'll cap it at 20. Hasn't cap 20. Hasn't been capped at 20 in a long I time. never said and, that. So, <laughs> and so then he gives us this giant fucking list and then goes, oh, two more, and and guess what? One of the fucking two is Amazing Spider-Man, and I was like, "You motherfucker!" Always pushing.
2: This is not the shout I expected to hear. Just f- yeah, FYI, at
1: all. Well, imagine, it's, imagine, it's, imagine tiny. Imagine, I was <laughs> ah, I was saying that like, oh, there has to be a reason he pushed this. Like, oh, just these two Marvel, no big deal. Like, you know. I'm Just gonna just do two Marvel because you know we got so many other comics and I knew I knew Spider Man had to be a fucking doozy otherwise he wouldn't have fucking pushed it through and it, yeah and here we go again here we fucking go again you <laughs> want to open a fucking wound and fucking relive some nightmares well guess what we got fucking Mephisto and it's gonna fucking relive some goddamn nightmares
2: here's the thing though Pete. First off, let me say: Imagine little Pete LePage, Petey, as we call him. Think, nope. dreaming of his future as an adult, and your biggest complaint right now is that your friend is making you read too many comics. <laughs> little Petey LePage would would drive his his little big wheel right into a brick wall if he heard that. <laughs>
0: You telling me this is
1: my job? And you'd be like, Well, let's not go <laughs> well, that well, far. Not technically a job, <laughs> you get but it's like paid a ba- to do a job, asshole, all right? That's what I'm saying. We're, we're not yeah, so like i I do have a job where I work and get paid, but and then we do this for out of the love of our hearts, and then one person keeps fucking pushing the envelope by overloading us. I love
2: comics. I would read
1: more. <laughs> Give me more.
0: I agree. Um, and to clarify, we said we would cap it at fifty to seventy five books a week. Tops. Yeah.
2: Uh, Let's talk about the Spider-Man book, because let me No, I don't think
0: so. Can you also give us a peek behind the curtain, Justin? Yeah, Yeah, give
1: us a peek behind the curtain, Justin.
2: Sorry, the only curtain I'm behind is a shower curtain, and it's sheer. It's invisible. I'm nude in front of you all, all the time. Uh, What I'm an open... (laughs) Gross. Uh, Just a little imagery to uh, (laughs) preface this review. So, um, this book, though, Pete, it's got Peter and Mary Jane being as close as they've been in...
1: Yeah, and then it does the classic bullshit where Peter leaves and then Mary Jane's got some weird shit going on with the villain.
2: Well, uh, here's the thing. Um, I, to your point, Alex, I actually didn't really like a lot of the lead up uh, to the reveals here. Like, I feel like. Nick Spencer used to have a really good Spider-Man. I feel like, and a really good Peter Parker. Like he, it felt like it was back to the very core of the character, struggling to get by. Has a bunch of roommates that he shouldn't be hanging out with. Like messing up all the time. And now it's like it's so sentimental. It's the it's sort of like sanctimonious Peter Parker that a lot of we see a lot uh, over the course of the years, but. It's not the fun Peter Parker and it's not the – it's too melodramatic for me. And then by the end of it, like I was excited about the reveal at the end of the the book and even the stuff that Pete's talking about with the villain, at least that's interesting because this Peter Parker is not a person I'm loving right now.
0: Well, and that's the point of the book, right? Like I think they're taking a really long time to get around it, but – what is nice about this issue is it feels like one of those classic Ultimate Spider-Man issues that Brian Michael Bendis would do, where it's just a conversation. And in this case, it's Peter talking to Mary Jane. She's tried to help him through the stuff that he's going through. And he says exactly what you're talking about, where he's like, why is my life like this? Why am I still in this place that I'm in? What is going on here? And by the end, spoiler, but we've already spoiled it, the revelation is it's probably Mephisto all over again, fucking with Peter Pinerker's life. Probably uh, there's no way around if they don't loop back to one more day at this point. I don't know what he's doing in this storyline, but that's
1: fascinating to me. What direction they're going in, it's nerve wracking, but it's fascinating. Well, I'm not fascinated, but I did really like the part of like MJ talking about this exercise that helps you kind of like work through shit and like you know i thought that was very cool to have a superhero kind of do a therapy exercise and be like hey you know like therapy's okay it's okay to talk about your feelings in a safe space and like get it out and see what it feels like to say these things out loud i thought that was very powerful and very cool but then you gotta fucking ruin it with mephisto shit and it's like either we're moving on and that bullshit happened, and somehow we have to live with it and move forward. Or you better fucking undo that bullshit, and then we can get back to our lives. Like fucking make a choice, man. Because I'm sick of this shit. All right. Well, let's move
0: on to Two Moons, number one from Image Comics, written by John Arcudi, art by Valerie Gian Giordano. Uh, this is set in the Silver War, Civil War, uh, following a soldier who starts seeing some demons. Or something. We're not one hundred percent sure what's going on, but the art in here is terrifying and
1: stuff. scary. He sees, he sees the monster from Critters, is what it looks like. Mm. But it's yeah. just somebody's mm. head, to be clear. Yeah, he's got a critter on. It's his a crit. Head. Yeah, it's a critter
0: head. Classic critter head.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys both sort of felt like you were saying something that you shouldn't be saying for a second there. <laughs> oh, I mean, uh, in my family, when I
0: grew up, we were never supposed to say critter head.
2: Yeah. Say it three times and then you have yourself a critter head. I like this book as well. Um, This was a uh, good, like, sort of scary story in a time we don't see very much, especially from this perspective.
1: Uh, Uh, Yeah. I mean, the art's really unbelievable. This is a very interesting story. It's also the, the take about, like uh the nurse getting upset about the fact that like when you run out of ammunition they'll use whatever scraps of metal they can um and then kind of her reaction is v- very interesting and very intense so i think this is a a, a really kind of interesting original idea set in a sh- shitty time period
0: <laughs> sure
1: there you mm. go <laughs> couldn't disagree with that let's move on to our
0: future state block as we've been doing all the past couple of weeks talking about everything that's come out from future state uh i'll list the books and then we'll talk about some of our highlights got House of L number one, Aquaman, number two, Legion of Superheroes, number two, Superman versus Imperious Lex, number two, Suicide Squad, number two, Dark Detective, number four and Batman, Superman, Superman, number two. And to give you a little peek behind the curtain here, it's no, interesting that Pete was complaining about too many titles being in our stack because at least the past two weeks we've talked about the future state block. Pete has read extra titles from DC and yeah. then talked about them on the show and dropped them in. There you go. So, Pete, any extra titles you want to talk
2: about here?
1: Uh, No, no. But if we would like to peek behind the curtain, I think you're a piece of shit. (laughs) All right. That's fine.
2: And again, here's me, nude behind a very
0: (laughs) crystal
1: clear sheer curtain. Pete, what Uh, jumped out at you? What did you like this week? All right. Well, I liked a lot of things. Uh, But the one book I didn't want to like, but then the sappy ending kind of got me in the feels was the House of L. Number one. Um, Uh Sometimes we get in the house of stuff. I I don't know. You don't like houses. Yeah, I don't like houses, I don't like this, uh, you know, the kind of, like, historical Superman shit where everybody's talking about their logos and all the weird shit. It doesn't get me excited, but I was really impressed with this book because I read it, like, I don't want to like you, and then it won me over. Uh, I would say one of my favorites was back here wait can and we man. can we talk about that, that was, one real quick sure, uh,
2: sure yeah, yeah. sorry sorry um, but I, I love know. this book like um I know I feel, I feel like I've been on a um, Philip Kennedy Johnson love fest but man this is another great book by him that is yeah. just like a hundred percent fun it's um mixing like a lot of the stuff he does in the last God with a, a Superman focused version of version of the Legion and it reads like just a, f- a great Legion book with all these v- different versions of uh, uh, Superman Kin um, that are uh, out there uh, trying to trying to just save the world and, and maintain their household and mix in with uh, these like like sort of light fantasy elements. Like it's
1: just a great book. Pete, what about you? You were about
0: to call out Dark Detective, I believe.
1: Well, that could I have been enjoying that. And yes, I did love Dark Detective number four. <laughs> Uh, very intense. I love this. No more shadows like, oh shit. What does that mean? Also great backup story. Uh, I I thought this was a very intense, cool Batman book. I'm very excited to see where this goes. Uh, anybody else want to jump in on this one? Yeah, sure. Was that not the one you were going to
0: call out? I thought that's what you started saying. No, it was uh, Batman Superman. Oh, okay. Uh, Sorry two. to put you on the spot there, but I do really mm-hmm. like the backup. We talked about this the last time. This is Joshua Williamson and Giannis uh, Milona, Milano Giannis, uh, who and they're doing basically like Red Hood but Akira, and it's super fun. I, I, yeah. I, I yeah. had a blast reading that. But you want to talk about Future State Batman Superman Real, number two? Oh, yeah. it's
2: very funny seeing the Red Hood hood on him. Where it yeah, it's it just goes like right to the. It's just a such a weird looking thing. Yeah, but. This has been one of the best versions of Bruce Wayne that I feel like we've seen in, in Batman comics in a long time. This Dark Detective series.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. Uh but Batman Superman number two, uh really unbelievable action. I, I really am loving the kind of mystery and the, the kind of who done it with this team up. Um I I love it when Batman and Superman get along, but I also like it when they fight, and I feel like this was like a really cool great kind of like fight between Superman and Batman. And I I thought this was really cool. Yeah. It's a good book as well. Uh, For me,
0: man, it's tough again, a very good week for books for future state. All this stuff has been really good. It's a little bit of a tie. There's one that eked it out a little bit more Uh, future state. Superman versus Imperius Lex Number two is kind of my number two here. Uh, Written by Mark Russell, art by Steve Pugh. Super fun. Great Lois Lane in this book. As usual, just hilarious and pointed satire from Mark Russell. So really enjoyed that book. But the one for me that killed it was Aquaman number two.
2: 100%. That was my Yeah,
0: that's what I was going to... yeah. Everybody was leading up to that. Uh, Written by Brandon Thomas, art by Daniel Semperi. Again, like I said with the first issue... I am not an Aquaman fan. Like, I don't usually like an Aquaman story. This is goddamn amazing. And if you didn't tune into (laughs) the first book, uh, the first issue of the book, it was all about this uh, confluence of oceans from the universe that uh, former Aqualad, now Aquaman, and Aqualass, who by the end of the book, spoiler, is Aquawoman, have gotten trapped in. They get separated. Aquaman is imprisoned most of the last book. And then finally finds out that Aqualas is alive at the end. And then we loop back and find out what happened with her. This is... The action is so big. The Everything yeah. that happens is so emotional and creative. Yeah. I was blown away. Yeah, I agree. But- this
2: book was so good. I... Of all the books um, in Future State that I would want to replace the the main title going forward, it's this. I want to see these characters going forward and uh, seeing where they go next because it's so good.
1: The the let go moment was so nice. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know how cool a water leg would be, but man, they really sold it's it. It's a fish leg. leg. It's not a water leg. It's a fish leg. Oh, okay. My, my bad. I mean, a
2: fish leg would be much worse because <laughs> uh, that shit you already got like two days max on that thing uh,
0: yeah, before it starts smelling yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, don't microwave it not in the office that's all oh, I'm saying definitely gross so, alright let's well, move on talk about other books uh, one last oh, thing yeah, I want to
2: shout out we didn't talk about yeah. Legion of Superheroes number two I want to shout out uh, Riley Rossmo's art on this Great. I'd love to see a Legion book uh, with Riley drawing it
0: Absolutely. Uh, moving on, one of your favorites, Justin, The Department of Truth, number six from Image Comics, written by James Tide the Fourth, art by Elsa Charretier. This is a Ooh, uh, switch excellent. up of artists for the book and also yeah, a switch up of time periods. As we jump back in time and find out the origins of The Department of Truth, this is an awesome issue that continues personally to remind me of like a vintage vertigo book where it'd be like five issues, take a break, show us a times past thing, and then go forward with the ongoing story. So good.
2: So good. Like uh, this book is doing just such a great job of fleshing out the world of, uh, of the series sort of slowly and really easing into it. And it's, it's, this book does a great job of sort of bringing it into focus in the sort of micro um, with the flashback story. It's sort of a double flashback. We flashback to right after the Kennedy assassination and then flashback to um, doubting Thomas and sort of the origin of rewriting the world with a new truth. And, this book is one of my favorites on the stand right now. If this were a religion, I would believe in it.
1: Wow. <laughs> oh, shit.
2: Wow. I'm a, not a religious guy, but this is the closest I'm like, I could buy this. I could buy this wow. t- fully
1: across the board. <laughs> that is crazy. I, I, I think it's really impressive that this book can look so different from kind of book to book and still feel like a part of the same story. It's really impressive what they're pulling off here creatively, artistically, They're taking some big swings at some uh, big ideas, and they are killing it. It's really impressive. Yeah, the paneling, the art, the way this story flows. uh, This is a really, really impressive book that is tripping me the fuck out. This is also... This
0: employs a technique that I usually hate in storytelling, but it completely works here where they have a story in a story in a story in this book. Lee Harvey Oswald, who in our current time is the head of the Department of Truth, goes to his first day there. Finds out the origin, so you have one, and I think this is the reason it works, is the art style changes with each level of the story, where it goes back in time, he's reading the origin of the story uh, of the Department of Truth, and then the one of the characters in the story starts telling the story to the other character, and then the art style changes again. And it's just these multiple layers that feel very purposeful versus the usual accidental employment of that technique. Fantastic book. Definitely pick it up. Let's move on to talk about Faith number one for Boom Studios, written by Jeremy Lambert, illustrated by Eleonora Carlini. Uh, this is a weird book that I was this not is a expecting weird book. Um, that follows Faith, that she's trapped in a movie theater and there's some watchers watching her. Uh, strange stuff going on. What'd you guys think of this one?
1: Yeah, it's uh, fantastic art. It's very, it was a little confusing because, like, We kind of had this like shadowy figure behind the main character, so it was I was having a hard time like follow what's happening because I was so worried about her present like in the movie theater self. So it was hard to kind of like let go of that and follow the story. But yeah, this is interesting, unbelievable art, some great action. I'm not quite sure what's happening though.
2: Yeah, I mean, I agree. Really expressive art, I thought, was there yeah. were so many good little horror moments and Faith's reactions throughout are great. I don't know much about Faith um, in the background. I don't have Faith. Mm-hmm. Um, you gotta so have Faith. Yeah, that's what faith, they say. The faith, the faith, But I believe in the comic book we just talked about before this one. <laughs> um, so, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, I didn't know much about the character, but uh, it was a good read.
0: Yeah. And moving on, X-Men number 18 from Marvel, written by Jonathan Hickman, art by Mahmoud Azrar, give you a little peek behind the curtain. I felt like Pete would be pretty mad about Amazing Spider-Man. This one involves uh, Laura Wolverine, which Pete likes a lot. So I thought this would be kind of like a gimme, like balance the scales a little bit. So this is as three of the X-Men characters wander into a weird future
1: place as they usually do in this run of X-Men. What do you think about this one? Well, I'm I'm curious about something. So like... Why is she called Wolverine now? You know what I mean? Like, I know Wolverine died for a little bit, and I know she was X-23, and that's cool. But then when they were referring to her as Wolverine, I was like, why? uh, Well,
2: it's because Wolverine doesn't, he's on the moon popping something else besides Claws. uh, So he doesn't, he's not really. (laughs) You don't have to be
1: an asshole when (laughs) I ask a question.
0: You could just answer it. I think there's some truth to that. There's more than one person named Pete.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's yep, true. Got that. I'm and there's saying. also more than one person named Pete LePage. But what's your fucking point? <laughs> My
0: point is when I search for Pete LePage, the other one comes up. Okay.
1: So <laughs> it's okay to, that she's called Wolverine yeah, is what you're fine. saying? That's not a problem.
2: I like it. Um, I like her as a character. I like her as the Wolverine. I think Logan can just be Logan now and he can go do all of his Logan stuff.
1: That's cool. I just didn't know. I was like, maybe I missed something of like the passing of the Wolverine mantle or whatever. Like, I love X-23. I have no problem with her being Wolverine. I was just like, oh, there's Drake just calling her Wolverine now.
2: Well, I think they're both called Wolverine. I think it's just like, they're both Wolverines. There's no reason to differ. And then
1: I was like, is Wolverine like a title of the fucking like muscle when you're going on a, you know, like, I don't know. I I was just wondering if maybe I'd missed something that you guys knew about. But usually, you know, as usual, I ask you something you just make fun of me. So, all
2: right. <laughs> oh, uh, I'm not making fun of you. That We're explaining an important plot point in the X-Men universe right now that Wolverine fucks in the moon. <laughs> cool. Cool. It did stand uh, out to me, And be the too. gravity's be only totally... one-sixth. So, like, he's, he's floating a little bit. You know what I'm talking about? To
0: be totally fair, it stood out to me, too. As soon as they called her Wolverine, and then I was like, All right, they're calling her Wolverine, and I kind of moved on from there rather than sticking with it. Uh, this is a good story. It's crazy that they introduced this whole villain team to eliminate them in one issue, but that's classic Jonathan Hickman at this point.
2: Well, these guys have been around. The vault has been, um, uh, was introduced a while ago. In fact, I feel like Hickman is oddly, he keeps saying, he keeps sort of edging on the vault He's like, look, the vault, watch out for them. And then in this issue, they go in there and like wreck shit. Um, so I don't, it's weird. What's happening here. This, I I thought this issue was great. This issue reads like an annual Mm -hmm. standalone issue, um, where they're just like, let's have a fun mission. And it's a great tactical mission. I love Darwin and sync. Like great. It's all so smartly done. But I think in general, I'm like, what's the next move here? Mm -hmm. With the X-Men. And there are no clues. It's hard to read the t leaves. No.
0: It's definitely the sort of thing that I think we're going to look back at it in uh, 15 to 30 years when Jonathan Hickman is done with his
1: run and be like,
0: oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I I get it. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. The vault. uh, The uh, the art's amazing. And the kind of uh, thinking man sentinel uh, thing was really awesome to kind of see as well. Um, Yeah, I think this... It was really cool to kind of like, oh, we're going to send you on this mission. You guys sweep the vault. You're like, okay, no big deal. How long would that take? And then they realize a vault is a whole fucking city. Uh, Pretty cool. Kind of like, how are we going to do this moment? I don't know how any of this makes sense, but I thought it was a cool issue. I agree. I'm glad to hear
0: that too, Pete, because you've been very down on the X-Men. Let's move on talk about another James Tynan book, Something is Killing the Children, number 15 for Boom Studios, written oh, by man. James Tynan IV, art by Werther Dadaria. Justin, I'm curious to hear from you because this is the end of the story that they've been telling for 15 issues at this point. They wrap things up, they leave things open for the next story, um, but that's kind of where we are. You've been very back and forth about it, so how do you feel about this as a whole?
2: Uh, i i like like james Tynan is a great storyteller um but i guess i guess i still have the same feeling where i'm like oh that was the whole story like i feel i thought there was going to be i guess more of a crescendo in here um i like all of the storytelling the art in this book is fantastic um i the eating of gummy worms has never been so uh, gross. oh
1: man yeah uh, oh maybe want it, some gummy worms i'll
2: tell you what yeah. yeah, you're so creepy, dude. Yeah, but you see regular worms. You're like, yum, yum, gummy. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> Put those in my mouth. Give me some of those sweet uh, dirt dudes. That's what I call it. <laughs>
2: Uh But yeah, that's my...
1: I, I don't know. This felt like a ending that wasn't an ending. It felt like an ending that's like there is a bigger story to tell here. Uh, for sure. And hopefully they will get to tell it because this is a really great world. I, I've loved every single issue of this um arts unbelievable love the character designs and this cool like i feel like this is what our life is going to be like eventually um, you know, since we're all going to be wearing masks, it's going to be, you know, just uh, down to what does your mask say? And that's your gang affiliation or your kind of tribe, mm. if you will. So I feel like this is a book of the future before we even know it. It's surprising to me because
0: a lot of this specific issue was them talking about houses, which you've already got on record as not liking in this very podcast. Yeah,
2: this guy hates houses. You want to see like the apartment of L. Mm hmm. Yeah, the, con- the condo of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nailbiter
0: returns number 10 from Image Comics, written by Joshua Williamson, art by Mike Henderson. Another surprising ending for a series here as we wrap up Nailbiter returning with some big revelations for the series. How'd you feel about this one?
1: I loved it. I thought this was a cool kind of like end, but also tease to. Uh, the to be continued thing at the end, that was pretty neat, but I mean, you guys have kids. So you, you tell me when you guys sit around the store, uh, the fire to tell stories Mm -hmm. or do their faces go blank like that? Is that like a normal thing that happens? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, Uh, man. Every parent knows that
0: when you have about to have the kid in the hospital, they talk you through the birthing process. They also talk you through the fact that, Hey, when you sit around a fire, your kids are going to have no
1: faces. Oh, wow. Well, I'm glad that you had the heads up on that, because Mm -hmm. as somebody who didn't know that, it was pretty scary. Well, it's because they're listening so hard. And so (laughs) the rest of their features just
2: fade away because the ears are really the focus. It's just using your resources.
0: This book was fun. I had a blast reading it. It's definitely a big action movie versus the overall dark mystery that the first one was. Uh, Super fun. And I'm glad that they kept it to 10 issues and pretty much done. Kept the story really focused. I had a good time.
2: I agree, yeah. and it, this it really got into some like dream logic, dreaminess that I really appreciated um,
1: throughout this whole series and in this issue as well. Also, it's uh, it's great for people who collect eyeballs, you know. Mm-hmm. Yes, which I think
2: yeah. we all do, and great uh, nail biting. You know, we got some biting the nails. Good Finally stuff.
1: got some nail biting in this one. Yeah.
0: Next up Firefly, number 26 from Boom Studios, written by Greg Pock, art by Pius Bach. The last issue we called A Fresh New Start for Firefly. It was taking us after Serenity, the movie, moving us forward here. Uh, the cliffhanger at the end of the last issue is it looked like Wash was alive here. Spoiler. Not exactly. There's a good twist on it. Um, I love the twist with Wash, actually, and I think this is a great. Without spoiling exactly what happens, uh, this is a great way of pushing the story forward, and it feels like a tried and true sci-fi idea that's going to pay really good dividends with the characters. I think it's neat.
1: I'm going to go. Out, oh, go ahead. You go. I am just going to say, I'm going to go on a limb and just say Greg Pak is a fucking phenomenal writer. He makes great choices. Uh, I, I've just not yet read something from him and not been impressed by it. So, even though we knew what kind of like happened, the, the whole thing like needed to be explained to us, I, I was really impressed. I thought this was a fun book, amazing art, really cool. How is it on that limb, Pete? Because I feel like you've been out on the Pak limb for years. Yeah. Yeah, it's just me out here, loving the
2: pock. I think your parents conceived you out on the pock limb, <laughs> and you've just been birthed there. Your parents heard about the facelessness around the fire, out on the limb, and now here you are, still living on the limb.
1: Nothing like limb limbing.
2: limb lim uh, I I think it's so smart that they did a a, a a long story in the past that was great. Really understood, stand, Greg Pak really understands the characters and really put them out there. And then to jump forward in time where we get to sort of collect them again is super fun.
0: Well yeah. done.
2: I agree. Next up,
0: crossover number four from Image Comics, written by Donnie Cates, art by Jeff Shaw. In this issue, we are picking up with our adventurers who met Madman, the character... From Mike Allred and Laura Allred, last issue... He is going to help them get inside the dome that has covered Denver, I believe, if I remember correctly, uh, and locked in a bunch of comics characters. We, again, get a bunch of cameos and fun stuff in this issue. We also get some shout outs to Donnie Cates and I believe Jeff Shaw's own work as well. Um, this is great. This is a blast to read. And uh, even Donnie Cates self-inserting him here, self here is super <laughs> fun.
2: I mean, it's great to see Madman in action. That guy can yo. Yeah. Yo, <laughs> yo. Pete, uh,
1: you got to be yeah, happy. Uh, there is a Stay Puft Marshmallow Man in this issue. Oh, yeah. You got to love that. i I also impressed with the art here because it has like the kind of like dot kind of old timey like kind of comic book style, which is really interesting with Madman with uh, uh, kind of like more vibrant Characters as well. It's just really cool to see them all standing in rooms. so I'm glad we got that moment. Uh, the kind of torture shit freaked me out a little bit, but man, uh, really great story, fun stuff. Good stuff. Next up, Skull
0: Digger, Skeleton Boy, number six, from Dark Horse Comics, written by Jeff Lemire, art by Taki Zahnik. This is, we've been talking about a lot of the... Uh, Black Hammer books. We kind of missed this one in terms of reviewing, uh, so I figured it was worth catching up with the last issue here. I'll tell you what, I, uh, and this is all me, forgot about Taki Zonic, amazing yeah. artist. I was it's so happy to art. read this again. I was like, oh my God, I'm sorry I forgot you. You're so good.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's so dynamic. It's almost has like a little Darwin Cook to it, but a little mm. bit of like... Just great, uh, I don't know, Greg Capullo-style action, like, really good. And the story was great. I feel like the Black Hammer universe is just prime time right now.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree. Like, the panels, the layout, the way the action flows, really, really fun and impressive. But also some really touching moments, like the look on the, the kid's face. They just, like, keep just showing the kid's face. So different in each panel and the way that it's just kind of colored. Really impressive the way they can kind of like show emotion through the still panel here. Uh yeah, I, I was just really kind of moved by this. I thought it was a really solid issue.
2: The last page, which is almost like an epilogue to the book, was just a standalone splash page. It was so emotional
0: and great. And we're not really talking about the plot here because we didn't read the previous five. This is the last issue, but the fact that they can get across enough of the emotion and story in one issue that is the last one to people who have not read the previous five. It's very impressive. Yeah. Next up, let's talk about it. Ice Cream Man number 23 Uh, from Image Comics, written by W. Maxwell Prince, art by Martin Morazzo. I know Pete is scared of this one. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. another standalone issue of Ice Cream Man, as a lot of them are, mind you. But in this one, it's text pages interspersed with splash pages of essentially our main character, the Ice Cream Man, going on a talk show with a bunch of animals until a snake bites the shit out of the talk show host's face. The thing that is so terrifying about this is it takes place, the text pages takes place after it. So yeah. you're reading the story of the horrific things that happened to him, and you're like, oh, we're going to see this. We're going to see this at some point. It's coming, it's <laughs> I coming, I was like, don't coming. joke. <laughs> don't. You it's wrote coming, about it's you, going yeah. to happen. And the entire issue, and finally they pulled the lid off, and it's like, it, it, great. Another incredible one-shot issue of Ice Cream Man. Not enough, not enough good things to say about this book.
2: I feel like W. Maxwell Prince... Is just like sitting at home tactically trying to break down how to engineer scares in the in the paper in the printed medium. Like it's it's wild that um he is able to continue to find new ways to stress us the fuck.
1: That's out. what's so impressive about this is like each comic is so different, but this has that same tension and like They've done so many different creative ways to scare the shit out of us. And you think, like, all right, well, how how is this gonna stack up? It can't be as great as the last issue. It continues to deliver, like, unbelievable. I uh and I you know, I don't know. It seems like shots fired at Jimmy Fallon in this, but like, um, this is this is a crazy book that made me read. And I don't want to read. And it's <laughs> it's still so well done. I read and didn't hate it. It's good stuff. Moving on to Crimson Flower, number two from Dark Horse Comics. Written yes. by
0: Matt Kint, art by Matt Liznowski. Uh Pete, you seem to like this book. This is oh about like God. a bounty hunter, I guess, who is going crazy. <laughs> Something like well, that. yeah.
1: It's 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 about a lot of things, but it's it's mainly about uh, this person trying to get revenge, trying to find out like who killed their father. I believe is is uh, what she's freaking out about, and just the fact of like she's just like driving angry, just chomping pills, and like half yeah. seeing reality, half seeing this tripped out evil shit is really crazy but also very impressive what goes down and then the whole fact of like she's you know like not gonna do well but keeps kind of like playing this trickery and then kind of like reveals like throughout like she's telling a story within the story i I was just really impressed with this very creative very fun amazing art uh just really fun story
2: Yeah, I really like this as well. It feels like uh, fairy tale uh, stories. She's like a Little Red Riding Hood, but who grew up to become um, an assassin out for revenge, um, who crosses over with some other dudes who are sort of uh, like giants maybe, uh, but also just shithead other assassins. Uh, It's really fun.
1: What's awesome is it starts off and it kind of reminds me a little bit of Lock and Key. Like mm-hmm. the the paneling and, and just the different kind of character designs, but then just kind of goes off into its own completely different thing. And uh, yeah, I, it just I just think it really worked on a lot of levels.
2: Next. The art sort of reminiscent of sorry of black hole. Oh uh, um, yeah, I can in, see that uh, in a good way. Next up, post Americana number
0: three from Image Comics, story and art by Steve Croce. Uh, as we've been talking about with the last couple of issues of this book, this is. A satirical, post-apocalyptic tale about a guy who's kind of trying to save the world, but mostly messing it up. Um, Continues to be gross and funny in exactly the right way. I'm enjoying this book. I'm having a fun time reading it. How about you guys?
2: Uh, I agree. The art, I feel like, really took a step up in this issue. We get a lot of close-ups on the characters, and it really, I think... the the earlier issues were a little like wild and it's like cannibals fucking around. So it was a little loose. Everything really tightens up in this issue. We get a lot of backstory and I think the art mirrors that in a way that I thought was just very smart.
1: Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think the art is great. There's amazing action and the story does tighten up and things start to kind of make more sense and we're able to kind of follow things a little bit easier, which is great. But you know the classic you know when somebody uh comes to visit unannounced you you know you almost kill them. so you really got to be careful when you go to somebody's house guys
2: Yeah but by the way just Pete we're coming to your house uh at 404 so put your axe down
1: when we stop by Yeah you might want to text me because you know I just want to not accidentally axe you Axe accidentally, accidentally. Thanks for it'll nodding on our it'll, audio It'll podcast. work in
0: court.
2: Yeah, no problem. Uh, Joe Curd like and acknowledge.
0: You Look Like Death, <laughs> number six, from Dark Horse Comics, written by Gerard art like by Death. Sean Simon. This is a tale from the Umbrella Academy. We are wrapping it up of Klaus's time in Hollywood. Uh, it wraps back to the beginning. You Had to Love This Pete, another mention of Relish, your favorite topping.
1: <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but I do I do love the characters in this. Uh, Klaus is one of our favorites, so it's just very kind of uh, interesting to kind of see it in this kind of art style, and uh, I'm just so used to the show, it's a, it's almost weird to read the comic, but uh, yeah, this is a really cool story, really fucked up, spiders scare the fuck out of me, so this is kind of a nightmare, but... Uh, yeah, this is just great Umbrella Academy fun.
2: I love relish. Um, like I really? love, yeah. Relish is one of my favorites. I have
1: to have it on a hot dog or what's up? A
2: hundo percent. Really? Uh, yeah. I'm Get a mustard, that shit
1: away from my dog, bro.
2: Mustard relish. I'll do sweet. I'll do dill.
1: Um huh. if oh, you, wow.
2: if you even pickle, a th- if you pickle anything, JT's there. <laughs> just, just pickle something. If you, want. if you want me to pop by, pickle something. Um, and this book is fun too
0: yes it's like the pickles of comic books moving on to the scumbag number five from Image Comics written by Rick Remender art by Wes Craig get the old uh, oh my god deadly class team back together again for this issue so switch up with the artist Uh, but we're still following the same old scumbag as maybe he finally grows a little bit of a heart, this issue. Mm-hmm, um, yeah. This is super fun. I really liked seeing Wes Craig's take on this book in particular. Yes. I enjoyed that quite a bit. Um, yeah, this book is a blast. It's fun to read.
2: It's very fun. Though. The yeah. characters, our main characters, um, I, I love watching their relationship um, between the scumbag, his handler, and the... Uh, sex android who drives them around and refuses to have sex with him no matter how many times he asks it's all very fun stuff in that sort of irreverent reminder tone
1: yeah i think what's nice is you know i'm i was getting a little tired of you know scumbag being a scumbag so it's nice to see the scumbag uh, uh evolve a little bit so we can have somebody to root for in this uh but man i uh the reminder dude like holy shit you think you're like okay i know what this is about nah uh he loves the twists and turns he, he loves to keep you guessing and then when you're not ready he'll break your heart if you're not careful but man guys you don't listen to magical christmas trees that smile way too much all mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. very funny advice though uh, last but not least, Rain Like Hammers, number two from Image
0: Comics, yes. written in art by Brandon Graham. I'll tell you what, I was very surprised to find out this was an anthology with this issue. It's not what I was expecting.
2: Um, I well, I feel like a lot of Brandon Graham's stuff like, are loose anthologies where um, there's some connection. There's a lot of like tonal overlap and everything. I definitely like sort of the rules of the world are the same man i love this book like there's of any issue this week this was the most like wow just transporting book uh that i read like it's so funny it's beautifully drawn it's so interesting there's just a ton of ideas at play here all the time great great book can't recommend this highly enough
0: and that's it. If you can't recommend us highly enough, then hey, support us at <laughs> patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast and YouTube, iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen to the show at comic book live on Twitter, comic club dot com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, we'll see you at the virtual comic book shop.
2: Just pull back the curtain and we'll be right there fully nude as usual.